I'm weary. Jennifer slept in her little bed. Did she? Dreams of a rabbit in her little head. Jennifer's rabbit, brown and white, upped and ran away one night, along with a turkey and a kangaroo and 17 monkeys from the city zoo. Really? And Jennifer, too. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean... <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm, all I can say is, yeah, it's, it's an event. It is. Um, yes, that one went over my head a little bit, I have to admit. I need to educate you on the gorgeousness of Tom Paxton's lyrics. Tom Paxton? Yeah, folk singer. Okay. Protest folk singer. All right. Who, he wrote Jennifer's Rabbit for his daughter. Right. Jennifer. Okay. And he wrote a love song for his lady wife as well. Okay. Did that involve, like, animals running away from the zoo? It didn't. Okay. That's fine. No, I'm no reason why... I remember parts of that. No reason it has to. I mean, you know, I'm not assuming that every every song somebody writes is, is, is on the same topic. I think I'll wake you now and hold you. Tell you again the things I told you. Behold, I give you the morning, give you the day. That one. Oh. Yeah, that's the one he wrote for his lady wife. Okay. But he also wrote things like Vietnam Pop Blues. Right. Which was a song about mostly Vietnam and pop. Okay. Oh, I think you've I think you've sung me that one before. Yeah. Yeah. About the yes, yeah, I do remember that one. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Um Well, yeah. Anyway. Excuse me. <laughs> Music goes here. Num 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 <laughs> num 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 to cover me yawning I can't help it I can't help it it's been a day yeah yeah you know you get to the end of a day that's been a day and you just think right well that was a day well yeah and then you sit down at the campfire and you and you 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 poke the fire a bit and you, you know think, glad I'm here yeah 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 hello lovely listeners hello we're glad you're here Yes. See what I did there? I, I, I do. How good was that? Yeah, it was, it, was, that it, it was very good. Welcome to the Frithcast virtual campfire. We're very, very glad you could join us here today. Whatever day it is, whether it's like morning, noon, night, whatever, it's all good. We're very, very glad you could take some time out of your schedule to come and join us around the virtual campfire. Well, in the virtual clearing here, it's a lovely evening. It's nice and warm around the fire, Yeah. even though it's probably a little bit cooler than I'd like. Maybe a little bit around cool. the Depends outside. on how close you're sitting, really. But yeah, well, know, there's plenty of room. Comfy. We can all we can all like we can all like shuffle, 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 yeah. shuffle, shuffle. Budget. And, uh, and 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 get nice and warm as we talk to you this evening about a thing. It is, but we need to introduce ourselves as a thing first. Do we? Okay. We do. Fair enough. Go ahead. Hello, lovely listeners. Who are you? I am Suzanne Martin. You can find me on Facebook under that. No, wait. That's the other That's bit. the end. That's the end part. I'm half your hosting team for Frithcast. I'm a heathen with a head full of stuff. Some of it is occasionally useful. And I'm Kate, and I am not a heathen, and all the stuff in my head is either to do with Star Trek, 
uh, or um, Cyberpunk. Um, and that's basically it. Coffee powered druid. I'm a coffee powered druid. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's that's basically why I'm here because otherwise I'd just be like knocking around the house being annoying. I thought that was my job. Clearing the virtual clearing. I mean, not the house. Okay. Yes, <laughs> definitely the clearing. Everything's fine. Lovely listeners, before we get started today, we just wanted to say a fabulous Frithcast welcome to all those lovely people at Awaken the North. Hello! If you are looking for an inclusive international heathen community with an awful lot of fabulous discussions, brilliant people, all of that good stuff, check them out. They're definitely worth your time. Yeah, all good. Shall we get going? Yes. Did we do the, did we do the music already? Yes. We did. Okay, in that case, lovely listeners, welcome to episode 140. Is it 140? Of Frithcast. I suppose it is, yeah. 140. How has it been 40 episodes since we did the big one? I don't know. Where did they go? I don't know. How has it been 140 since we started doing this nonsense? I don't know. So, lovely listeners... And we still haven't got any professional production values. Or any professional or, production or, equipment. Or decent or, equipment. Yeah, no. So, you know. We thought we'd just, you know, some things need to remain traditional. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And where's some of them? <laughs> <laughs> so, what did you want to talk to us all about tonight? Well, I wanted to talk about a particular burial that does not get a lot of love and should be more widely known. So I figure by throwing it onto the podcast and having a talk around it, it might get a few people interested in it and want to go over and have a wander around it and see what's in it for themselves. So it's dead folk? It's, well, it's kind of a 0.5 of a dead folk. Okay, sounds interesting. Yeah. Do you mean the person is half dead, or we have half a person, or...? Um, neither. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know whether we were going to start getting all draugr about things, and... No. Cause... No, not exactly. Not with this one, no. Okay. Not a huge amount of draugr. I mean, if it if they were draugr, they would have been... Well, yeah, a bit stumped. And I'll tell you why in a bit. Okay. So I want to talk about... I want to imagine the scene. It's 2003. It's a nearly 20 years ago. Oh, God. I know, I know. That was a horrible thing to do. Sorry, I... lovely listeners. Should have given you fair warning on that point. I remember when that was the future. Me too. I remember trying to sit down. I remember sitting down and working out how old I was going to be when the year 2000 came around and thinking... Crikey, that's old. Yeah. And now I'm on the other side of it and it doesn't feel that way at all. <sighs> but this is 2003. Okay. We are in Essex in the United Kingdom. I've heard of it. And we are around about where Southend-on-Sea is, which is directly east of London. Okay. I was just going to say Essex, if anybody's not familiar, is, is sort of the south... The southeast quadrant of the um, the sticky United out bit. Kingdom. So, yeah. Um, so this is almost directly east of <clears throat> London. Yep. And it's just around where Southend on Sea is in a place called Prittlewell. 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 Okay. That will be written in the show notes. It so. will be spelled in the show notes <laughs> if I can work out how to do it. So, Prittlewell, two thousand and three. And they are putting a new roadway in. Okay. And they are doing something in the new roadway called Rescue Archaeology. And Rescue Archaeology is where they have got a building project on a very short time scale. And you go in and you get as much information out as, as you can before it gets destroyed. Mm. So the building people will say, right, you've got like two weeks before we start coming in with the big machinery and putting foundations in and building concrete and doing our thing. Yeah. We need you to survey it and we need you to, to excavate it and whatever's in there, rip it out, study it later. Yeah. So this is called rescue archaeology. And this is a 
big, big project when it comes to building a road, obviously, because they're very long. Yeah, very long. So we're not talking <laughs> about, you know, we need to we need to just tear up like a... a... It's not a metre square hole. You're not putting any kind of test pit here. No. This is, you know, this is some serious stuff. And it usually has to be done at speed. Yeah. Which causes a bit of a snag when you find something. <laughs> because you find something, you know, kind of average size or you find nothing at all. And that's fine. You can block lift it out. Yeah. You can basically not actually excavate it properly. You just, you basically cut the whole block out of the earth with whatever it is in it. Okay. Box the whole thing up, take it to the lab and let them dismantle it piece by piece. All right. I mean, that strikes me as fine for something like, I don't know, a, a, a vase. Yeah, you or... get, you know, if you get a hoard in, in place in situ, yeah. you sometimes block lift the whole thing out and let the conservators deal with it. Let, yeah. let the lab deal with it so that you're giving them something nice and pretty to play with and they get to take it apart piece by piece over weeks rather than you trying to rush it out in eight hours overnight because in the morning the hole's going to get filled with concrete. Yeah. That works great if you're doing rescue archaeology on something small or you're just getting incidental bits of finds coming out mm -hmm. on the edge of something. Doesn't work so well when you come across what they came across in Prittlewell which was a uh, the edge it, it, it was an anglo-saxon graveyard okay and what they found was what they call the prittlewell prince burial the prittlewell prince yeah okay. and that burial is incredibly complicated it's incredibly rich and there is no way you are block lifting this thing out of the earth no because the burial chamber is four meters square wow there is not a chance. It's the size of a room. Yeah, yeah. There is no way you are excavating this out with any kind of certainty. <clears throat> so when they found that, they were like, ah, got to halt the building project. Yeah. Got to halt the road. Okay. Can't, can't go through this. Can't, can't excavate it in the time that we have properly. That must have annoyed some people. It might have annoyed one or two. Because building companies get fined if they go behind schedule. Mm -hmm. So they have to balance that off against the value of the archaeology coming out the ground. Yeah. But the Prittlewell Prince is worth it. So this is a burial chamber. It's a wood-lined burial chamber at four metres square. Okay. It's massive. And it's part of a broader graveyard space. It's not just like princely burial on its own out in the middle of nowhere it's part of a whole landscape of burials so this wasn't like sort of one one like burial mound out in the middle of a field no or you know for, no, for, no, no. for, for specific person yeah no course. i mean when you get grave i hate to say graveyards because that always brings me an image of victoriana graveyards with sort of a wall around them or a, a hedge or a fence or yeah and um, with a, a lich gate and a you know that kind of gravestones graveyard it's not quite like that it's a burial collection of burials in the landscape a burial site a burial site yeah and sometimes what you get is a big rich burial in the middle and then other graves are put around it and they're like called the satellite graves. They'll go in like circles. They won't go in neat rows. Okay. Originally, they'd go in like circles around the main burial site. They'd just bury people in, in rings around it. So you're kind of focusing on that, that wealth of that individual that's anchoring the whole site, if you like. Okay. But when Christianity comes in, they start being very specific about where you put a grave, what orientation you dig it at, and how you put the person in that grave, so which direction they're facing. Really? Because you want the grave to face east. To face... When Christ is resurrected, you want people to be able to see that, to be facing that when that happens. Churchyards are always orientated a particular way. And the more higher status or richer the person the closer they are buried to the altar on the inside. 
to the richest people being buried under the altar or in the catacombs under the church itself. I've just realised I was I was sitting there thinking about the the graveyards I like the, in the church in the I grew up in a, um, in a, a little village. A little village. Yeah, yeah. A, I was I was just thinking about the churchyard there, um, and when you were saying oh they or, they orientate the the the, the, the graves, I'm like, do they? And yes, they do. And I've just and yes, they yeah. are all pointing east. Yeah. yeah, they will orientate them. Whereas if you look at pagan burial spaces, mm. they will they might orientate them around a rich person's burial, so they'll become like satellite burials, and they'll bury them in almost in concentric circles or concentric rings. Okay. But if you get a Christian burial space, they'll bury them in very specific ways. All right. So Christian burial space, they might bury them on their backs. Pagan burial space, you'll find them buried on their sides. There's all these little differences. The other big difference is that for, uh, I'm saying pagans, i.e. people with beliefs before Christianity. Yeah, yeah, you, not, not necessarily as in modern pagan Not necessarily as in modern pagans, but... but you tend to find in in burials that are either pre-Christian or not specifically Christian burials, you'll find lots and lots of grave goods where we find all the bling. Yeah, like yeah. Sutton who, like Oseberg, like Gokstad, that we've all looked at before, these huge big shows of wealth. And they're showing off their wealth by basically taking that wealth and taking it out of circulation and putting it under the earth. Okay. But when Christianity comes in, you find sometimes these mixes of burial practice and you'll find grave goods but you'll find bits of christian practice in there as well and then sometimes in some areas you'll find just purely christian graves where they're basically buried with very little to no grave goods at all okay because they're supposed to be you know they don't need goods in the afterlife because there is a heaven and they don't need things there for Christians. No, no, no. Everything is you're supposed to. You're supposed to go, basically as you are, as as you are with nothing, and yeah. that way you get into in, into heaven. I mean, that's the whole. So, you'll find that around that period of um, conversion, when you're looking at the two sets of faiths and beliefs almost existing side by side for a time. You find these very great kind of mixes in burial practice, and it's really evident there. Okay. So Prittlewell is one of those burials where it's kind of a mash. Right. You know, TLDR, it's a mess. <laughs> it's a hot mess, and it's a very, very rich hot mess. <clears throat> okay. So there's over 100 artifacts in this one burial alone. In a four... Four by four in a four meter space. square grave space. Okay. And you have a few notable things in there. So we've talked before about things like anaerobic preservation, which preserves organic things. Yeah. Like leather, like cloth, uh, like bones. Basically, if oxygen can't get to 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 the materials to um, savage them, because yeah. oxygen is horrendous for everything basically yeah um it's a it's a it's a horrible horrible chemical <laughs> <laughs> if it can't get to it it basically stays pretty good yeah prittlewell is not one of those cases ah. <laughs> prittlewell the oxygen got in and it's in the ground and the acidity of the soil as well means what we have are uh where organic things were we have like um shadows in the dirt basically right where something organic has rotted in and changed the color of the soil yeah so that's the only evidence we have for certain things in this burial okay things like the drinking horns have gone the liar has gone apart from the metal fittings on the drinking horns yeah we've got those we just don't have the horn itself we don't have the liar i'm going to talk a little bit about the liar later on but there's an anglo-saxon liar in there okay or all we've got is like the soil stain so it really, from where the liar was, and that's it. So it's it really everything has. I was going to say it really has just devoured everything. Then yeah, I mean you're talking about drinking horns. I mean yeah, I'm assuming like keratin. Yeah, exactly. Oh is, yeah, they're gone. <laughs> is not 
<laughs> they you... are nommed. Yeah, I mean, as, obviously they're going to go because they're organic. Yeah. Um, you know, so they're going to go after 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 a time. But you imagine, you sort of imagine that. I mean, how old is this? Did you say? Did you say this was? They have done a shiny thing. Now they usually date burials. They can usually date them with timbers. Okay. Um, but not when your timber is a soil stain. No. <laughs> You've got nothing to date. There is nothing there. There is just a change in the soil colour and that's it. Right. You've got no rings left, no no physical material left apart from just a shadow on the earth, yeah. in the earth. But they have done something called accelerator mass spectrometry, which needs a very, very small amount of datable organics. Accelerator mass spectroscopy. Spectrometry. Spectrometry. Basically, okay. you put your very, very tiny organic sample in the machine and it goes bzzzed and gives you a set of dates. Wow. I know. It's a bit more complicated than that, but that's effectively what it does. It's a tricorder. It's kind of. Okay. Yeah, only big and very expensive and they don't tend to want to run it very often because, dear God's the price tag. <laughs> so... You never get Beverly Crusher complaining about no. that, do you? No, you don't get her justifying what test she needs to run because it's going to be expensive. No. But the accelerator mass spectrometry gave a date of about 90, 90% certainty of between 575 and 605 AD. So it's very, very early. 575 and 605. So that's that's like pre... Pre-Viking Age England. Just pre-Viking Age. I say, age. I say England. Yeah, you've, I mean, you've um, got a couple of little forays going on before the raid at Lindisfarne. Right. There are some. There is some contact happening before that. It's just Lindisfarne was where it all kicked into big gear. Yeah. So <clears throat> the other thing they can do is they looked at... We've got some shiny coins. Mm -hmm. And one of those... Uh, they... The, the, the type of coin that they have in this particular burial is not before 580. Right. So you're looking at 580 to 605. So it's a very, very narrow band of 20, 25 years, probably. That's actually not bad. It's, it's really not bad. <laughs> it's really, really not bad. So I talked about the fact that there's this mix of customs in this grave. Mm. Hot mess. There is a whole lot of shinies in this grave. There's over a hundred artifacts. They include copper alloy flagons, which are fairly rare. Okay. Dice gaming dice. There's two dice and gaming pieces that they figure were in a leather bag on hook on the wall. Right. And the leather bags rotted away, and we've got the shadow in the earth. Yeah. But the gaming pieces survive, and they figure that they were hooked like a little wolf hook and s hook. Okay. And they hung the bag on an S-hook on the wall. And what would the dice have been made of? Because normally you'd make dice out of bone or something. Yeah. Something they... like that, wouldn't you? Now then, they do survive. There's not much of them left. Mm. I know they're not wood and I can't remember what they're made of. No, it's gone. It doesn't matter. It's probably... I mean, obviously the conditions... I suppose in a... In a, in a, um, a space that size, the conditions around the space are going to vary as well yeah huge. you know so um again we'll go back to the drinking horns they've obviously gone completely they um, have yeah the, the only thing that's left of those is the metal fittings yeah but the the you know the dice have survived to some extent yeah ish maybe just because you know there was i don't know more water over that side of the yeah than the, the was space over this side. Than, than over this yeah, side yeah You've got an iron folding stool that's pretty unique. We don't get very, a a, an iron folding a folding stool made out of iron. Oh wow! Like like a camping stool. Like a of. little camp like a little fold out camping stool. How very tech! I know. <laughs> <laughs> There's a cauldron that Good. is massive that okay. could feed a huge either feed a huge amount of people or get an awful lot of people very drunk. There I'm are, liking it either way. <laughs> there are lattice blue glass beakers, which are very technically skilled and very, very, you know, high status items. Now they're going to last, I assume, because glass, glass is yeah, glass is a difficult thing to. Yep, yep, yep. That liar that I mentioned, they 
could find out just from what they call like the soil stains, the soil shadow, mm. that it was maple wood. Okay. That it had inlaid garnets in it in particular places. Wow. It was in an animal skin bag because they found remains of the hair. <sighs> and they also know that at some point in its life, the frame split and it was mended and it had metal brackets mending the frame, putting it back together again. I, I don't want to sound like I'm, um, you know, like I'm a terrible crawler here, but archaeologists are actually quite clever, aren't they? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this bit's going to blow your noodle, because one of the other things they found in there, from mostly from the soil stains, yeah. was they found the remains of a box made out of maple wood that had been painted. Bearing in mind they don't phys physically have this box anymore. <clears throat> Did it have... Hundreds of tiny little legs. It did not. No, oh, okay. it's a little, like a little chest box. Not a big, not a big items chest, but like a little kind of handy box with little metal things in. Okay. They figured at some point the roof collapsed and knocked this box onto the floor. Right. And it's, they've only got the soil stain left now. They've only got the shadow left. Yeah. But they know that this thing was made of maple. Yeah. They know that it was painted and they've got part of the design that it was painted with. Oh my dear God. They know that it was painted in like yellows and reds because they've picked out the paint fragments and they can see they've picked out part of the design in the soil. These road workers must have been absolutely seething while they, they were waiting for all this. They were. <laughs> I think they were. I think they were. But so, no, seriously, I... I, I... I just absolutely love that. I think that's the you know, just the fact that they can you know, the 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 degree of detail um that they're pulling out of basically nothing at all. Yeah. And it's they are soil like soil alchemists. I mean I I always I always joke a little bit about um um the, well I mean you as you know we you know we 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 do the sort of running joke about um, archaeologists and things being of deep ritual significance. This you know. really was. You know, this is the thing. <laughs> this actually it's, was. It's like a, a a relative of mine used to be very into um, silver, silver work, mm -hmm. silverware. Um, but I mean proper, like you know, museum type mm. silver stuff. Um, and they in they um, they always had a a kind of a joke that they used to do. Where they would say that something was um, said to be Dutch mm -hmm. and dated sixteen fifty whatever, mm -hmm. some 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 date or, or whatever, and that was always code for we don't know anything about this. We have no <laughs> clue. <laughs> so they'd be they'd be saying, oh, this piece is is such a thing and was made by somebody or other at such a date, and this this piece was somebody. Um, this piece, well, this is said to be Dutch. Uh, dated sixteen fifty whenever, and it basically just meant we don't know. All the silversmiths in the room are nodding, sage are going, yeah. mm, good piece. And it was, <laughs> and it always sort of struck me a little bit like that because I know, I know, um, archaeologists have a thing about deep ritual significance, things being of deep ritual significance. Yeah, when they don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, well, we know this is a burial. We've got that far, but, I, but some is, of the stuff in here, not a clue. But this is what I mean. It's like, it's like you can, you know, you can sometimes, you can sometimes have a bit of a. Uh, a giggle when a situation like that comes up because obviously there are you know they they will occasionally dig up something that's basically just a a pile of rocks and it's like you know what what do we make of this and and clearly nobody could tell but i think a case like this 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 burial that you you know we're, we're describing tonight i think this is this is where you kind of they kind of get their they get their own back, and they go right. Okay, well you can laugh at us about the pile of rocks, but look what we can do yeah, when we've this? got you know, um, because that is just incredible. The yeah. the amount of information being able to pull all of that out. Yeah. Well, there's a quick zoom around the last couple of things before we get to talk to the really blingy parts of this. Okay. The coffin 
there is a coffin in here and it's like a rectangular box. It's not like a shaped modern coffin, but it's just a rectangular box of ash wood. Okay. And it is, the coffin is just over two meters long and it's a big solid piece and it's got L-shaped iron brackets holding it together and the L-shaped iron brackets in themselves are really rare. Okay. They're quite rare at this particular time. You don't find them everywhere. Mm. So they've basically, again, picked that out from the soil shadow, from the shadow, the change of colour in the soil. They know that there was a wood coffin and they know it was ash wood. Over two metres, you say? Yeah. Two metres 25, if I remember rightly. 225? Yeah. So two and a quarter metres. Right. This... I don't think the person inside them was 2 metres 25. This was what I was going to ask the you. The box was 2 metres 25. This gave me an opportunity to ask you, because as an archaeologist, I've never really been, I've never been 100% sure on this. And it's something that, well, I say as an as you are an archaeologist, I'm not an archaeologist. Um, but one thing I've never been 100% sure on, and for some reason I've never got around to Googling, or asking you before, is it the fact? Is it is it a true fact that we have gotten taller as a species over time? Because I know you just you just say the the person inside wasn't necessarily like the full height two of meters, the coffin. Yeah, two meters tall. But that is really. I mean, it's a substantial piece of woodwork. That really is. Yeah. And and I've heard people say that, oh, you know, back in medieval times, you know, people were on average shorter than they are now. I mean, is that true or? Yeah, I would say yes, in ranges. Yeah. Yeah, in, in not, uh, average, on average ranges. Yeah, yeah. Because you're always going to get tall people and people who can't reach the condensed milk on the top shelf. And it's <laughs> always going to be the case. But yeah, I think from what I remember medieval period people are on on the whole shorter than we are because mm. i know i've been in medieval doorways in york where i've had to watch my head and i am very short yeah. <laughs> and if i'm having trouble fitting in there then they must have been a little bit shorter than me um, i was never <laughs> sure whether it was sort of just one of those you know one of those kind of everybody knows facts that that um isn't actually true um, yeah, I, I have a suspicion, was... and I will have to go and double check. Mm. But I have a suspicion it's to do with things like varying diet, healthcare, quality of life, mm. that yeah. helps people grow bigger and healthier. And if you have a a poor quality of life, and you have a poor diet, and you don't have the vit the, the vitamins and minerals and and things that your body needs to build bones, yeah, you're not going to build bones. Yeah. And yeah, no, that have, would make sense. That would make sense. Um, so yeah, this the person that is in here because of course we don't have a body either. All the no. bones are gone, apart from I think part of a tooth. And they can identify from that that the person was over six years old, but they have no clue as to anything else because they've not got enough material to work with. We're not putting this this one in a in a sort of a. Um high-tech cabinet thing and creating Mila Jovovich yeah, out no. of it. Yeah, no. Sorry, her. No. Not, not this time. Okay. No. They figure, and because of the placement of some of the things inside the coffin, and this is where we really get to the good shinies. Okay. So, the good shinies, we're going to start with the belt buckle, which is gold, and it's like a big gold wedge of cheese. Basically, it's a massive piece of bling. Nice. Yeah. It's a huge belt buckle. It's not hugely decorated. It's not like the big Sutton Who belt buckle. Yeah. Which has got also all manner of beasties across it. It's just this very plain, like, narrow triangle wedge of a belt buckle with three circles. Yeah. And that's it. Okay. So belt buckle, you presume, is on a belt, which gives you about mm. the midpoint of the person. Not an unreasonable. Give or take. The, the likelihood is they were wearing the belt when they were buried and that belt buckle was in the middle. Yeah. Oh, that's made me just think of the person with the and the and the buckle sort of going, no, no, let's not. Okay. Just, just so, tell me about the buckle. Going down towards the feet, 
Now yeah. you've got what they call turnbuckle shoes. Okay. So these are shoes where there's a flap that wraps around the ankle, which has like a little, um, oh, what do they call them now? Like a little, not a button, but like a little long toggle. Okay. And you pull a little loop around the toggle and it <clears throat> fastens the whole thing shut around your ankle. All right. This person has gold shoe buckles. Wow. Yeah. So they are serious bling. Gold shoe buckles, gold belt buckle, which gives you roughly the length of everything waist down. Yeah. Which means by ratio, you know roughly what how high the whole person is. You can extrapolate. That, yeah, that makes Give sense. Give or take. That makes <clears throat> sense. The other thing that gives a clue is the fact that in each, presumably in each hand, they haven't figured out exactly, because of course we've got no... No fabric, no bone evidence, no nothing. Yeah. There was a gold coin that they think there was one in each hand. Okay. Yeah. And the other thing that they have is that um, where their face would be, there's two very thin foil crosses that have been cut out of very thin sheet metal. Yeah. And placed, they think, one over each eye. This is chaos! And then what you have is you have a piece of gold thread that runs very close to the gold crosses. And they think what that is, is the edging on a piece of fabric that was covering the face. This is cultural chaos. Yes. I'm... I mean, in theory, I'm not a I'm not a hugely um, devout person, you know. So it's not like it would be the end of the world if it didn't happen. But in in theory, um, when I shuffle off this mortal coil, yeah. In theory, I'm supposed to have a coin under my tongue um, in order to pay Charon. Yeah. You'll have some spares, Chuck. Don't the you? ferryman. Yes. Thank you. That's nice because that means I can <clears throat> hand them out to uh, that other, was other, the idea. other people, yeah, which yeah. is, yeah. you know, if anybody else hadn't got one, um, which is lovely. Um, but that was the that was the the, the 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 tradition. Now, some people have the the idea that the the the, the Romano Greek tradition is to put coins over the eyes. Yeah. Um, it's. It's not. I'm not sure where that came from, um, but it's. It may well have been the culture, the the the, the habit in the tradition in some cultures. Mm -hmm. But certainly, the idea of this person having a coin in each hand mm -hmm. that speaks very much of you have to pay your way. Yeah. To go somewhere, or or <laughs> or is it more about making sure they've got resources when they get where they're going? Well, they've got a whole box full of resources. Well, this is exactly what I they've mean. They've got drinking vessels. They've got gaming pieces. They've got... There is a sword in there or what's left of one. There is a liar in there. And it all speaks to this high status stuff. Yeah. There's no farming implements in there. There's no animals in there. There's no dogs. There's no horses. And high status burials often have those. There's plenty of space in there to have them. But we don't know whether they're just they were in there and they've gone now. BJ five eight one. BJ five eight one. The um, Burka. Yes. Burial site, where there was all the, the 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 quibbling over whether it was a man or a woman in the in yep, the yep, in, yep. in the burial. Horses. There were horses in there. Yes. And that person was the reason for all the controversy. Controversy. Yeah. I've never been sure which. Kerfuffle. Kerfuffle. The reason for all the kerfuffle was because. The, the grave goods that were in there, including horses, also including strategy game boards. Yeah, strategy game boards, weaponry. Lots of stuff suggesting that this was a military person of some status. Yeah. And all the arguments erupted because they did the, the testing and discovered that the, 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 the body was... The, the bones were chromosomally female or yes. what have you. Yeah. Um... But this this one here, I mean, we'll, I, no doubt we'll come to that in a minute. But <laughs> um, but this one here, 
this is kind of what I mean. It's like you've got. I'm still. I'm still hung up on these coins. You've got your grave space. Yeah. It's full of grave goods. Yep. All of that stuff is going with the person. Yeah. To wherever it is they're going, we, we assume. Yes. Yeah. That, that um, can be the theory. But the but so when yeah, so that's why I'm thinking. You know, the coins in the hands and the crosses over the eyes. Yeah. They suggest something else. They suggest that this is not just, you know, stuff that the person needs to have in the afterlife. Because no, it's a something. Why? Else. Why put them in those specific places? It's like for a Roman, you put the coin under the tongue, mm. because that's where it. That's where tradition says it. It needs to go. That's how it gets carried into the afterlife. That's how they're able to get to get to take it with them to pay car on. Yes. So was this person expecting to have to pay somebody and this was where the coins needed to be in order for them to have access to them? Or it's just a, a, a demonstration of their wealth, that they are a wealthy person. Or that. They've got all this golden bling on and, yeah, they've got all this stuff. But in the burial, they've kind of got... It's a bit like the Sutton Who burial. It's this mix. Mm. Of Christian imagery and artifacts and non-Christian imagery and artifacts. And mm. you can get so far in archaeology, but to understand the belief system beyond that, that is a very, very difficult thing to extrapolate. That yeah. is it that they were buried in this way because this was their own personal belief? Were they people who were undertaking the burial hedging their bets? Yeah, hence the crosses. Hence the crosses and the grave goods. Yeah. Because you, you know, somebody who is staunch Christian all their life, do you then, if they go, if they were the first ones converting in their lifetime... I was going to say, you, if they were then... The... kind of put them in a four-metre box? Oh, we've put you some wee crosses in there, but we've put you all that other stuff in just in case. Yeah, if they were, the, if they were like, the only Christian in the village. Yeah. So... And... Everybody else was was like, well, no, we want to make sure that they're. We don't really believe in this in this heaven stuff. No, we want to make sure they get to wherever our Anglo-Saxons used to go. Huh. Um, you know, we don't say Anglo-Saxon anymore, do we? But you know what I mean. The the the, the Saxons. Early and medieval. The, the early medieval. Um, but um, no, this is yeah, and I am trying. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to do something that we can't possibly do. I'm trying to, to sort of make sense of. It's just it rang because it was. It was like, it seems very deliberate. It seems it a very is. deliberate thing, and it's, it's a very deliberate choice of items in a very deliberately positioned space. Mm. It's almost like a theatre set. Mm. Things are in specific places for very specific reasons. Yeah. But it kind of gets you thinking, like, we as heathens in the modern day, what are our funeral wishes? Mm. What is our funeral service and ceremony going to look like? Funerals are for the living. Yes. They're not for the dead. Mm. This is true. So what will our burial spaces end up looking like? Mm. You know, we might have an ideal version, but... When it comes to it, the people organising our funeral might have a very different idea of what they want for us. Yeah. Or they might have a, you know, a completely exaggerated idea of what we want for us. Yeah. So when we look at a burial like Prittlewell and it's absolutely pristine, it's intact, everything was there. Mm. You're sadly not going to be able to block lift a four, four metre square box and take it out of the earth. <laughs> You have to ex excavate it, and that must have been just mind-blowingly amazing to be able to do that. It's, it reminds me a little bit of the. Um, um, I'm just thinking about these 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 road this road construction firm. You're just going having, right. That's having, it. Having Pick to your just... ball up and go home because you're not having it today. <laughs> yeah, just having to just sit there and wait for weeks, weeks. and weeks and weeks. I mean, we measure. Our status now is measured in a completely different way. Our customs, our culture are measured in different ways to the ones that the early medieval people would have had. Mm. So 
how do we mark that? What kind of things would we put in a in a coffin, in a cremation, and how would they represent, you know, what would then maybe an archaeologist in three, four thousand years time? Yeah. What would they think of what we put in there and how would they interpret? Because they wouldn't have a clue of what our beliefs had been. No, absolutely not. And especially now when we've got such a variety of, of different faiths, you know, existing in one country. And how do we not only does what we think, how does that colour our interpretation of something like Prittlewell? And yes, we will put lots of shiny links in the description because there were some <laughs> really nice pictures out there of what's out there in Prittlewell. But how does that also affect how we want to be remembered and interpreted, if that makes sense? Yeah. You know, the Havamal tells us, well, our name is spoken, we carry on. While we are remembered, we carry on. Yeah. One one thing that is um, uh, one thing that does come to mind in, in, in those terms is like how, you know, how would people interpret? I mean, I'm. I'm a little bit, I, as, as you know, I, I, I tend to be a little bit with the Klingons on this. It, you know, once, once, I, once I die, apart from the, 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 the coin thing, you know, mm. empty vessel, just, just get rid, you know. Thanks. <laughs> um, not, to be too, not to be too grim. Um, just do what you got to do, huh? Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, but I mean, no, I mean, the, the, the thing is, there are lots of options these days. I mean, we, you know, we have, we have um, sort of like nature burials where you can have, you know, a tree planted Trees, on you yeah, and I've all that those. kind of thing. And um, you can have a, a, a degradable, degradable casket um, for, for, for burials. And obviously we, we, we still do a lot of cremations and all that kind of thing. So there's a huge amount of variety in, in, in the methods. As you say, huge amount of variety in the in the, the faith beliefs or mm. absence of belief or I, I say absence like it's a a lack, you know. Um, you know, but there are people who are not religious who, you know, might have other ways of wanting to deal with things. Um but the, one of the biggest problems we have, and it's, it's something that I, I only rarely hear hear discussed, is the fact that we do everything on computer now. Mm. So we store everything in data on servers and magnetic media and solid state media and, you know, occasionally still CDs and DVDs and things like that, mm. memory sticks. But this is all stuff that give or take 2,000 years, well, give, be gone. give 2,000 years, yeah. isn't going to be accessible anymore. Give it 30 years, it probably won't. Well, yeah, exactly. But I mean, you get somebody who's in this position, you know, we they 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 dig up a a, a burial from today because they want to build a you know a, a maglev high tech <laughs> road future whatever. It, yeah. Um, how are they gonna? You know, they're probably not gonna have access to half the data that we 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 keep these days. No, just as. We don't have access to half the data mm. that was around in the fifth and sixth centuries. So look, what what have what have we got? What are our what are our conclusions on who From this person might have been? Not a clue. Fair enough. They have got no clue. Don't know. They age. know it was somebody of high status. Yeah. They know they're having a tentative guess at gender that it was male, but that's just from the grave goods and from Price's work. We know that that can be quite unstable sometimes. Yeah. So um, it, they've got not a clue, basically, no. because there's no royal line that is described that has somebody dying in this area at this time of that status. No. We can say it was someone important. Yeah. But beyond that, not a clue. Mm. But not necessarily a warrior. No. Because we're missing weaponry. I think there was a sword, but mm. there wasn't axes, shields, knives. I mean, there could have been. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Berker again. Yeah, I mean, there could have been things like that in the coffin. Yeah. But if the metals, if it's thin metal like a knife or an axe head, it yeah. may have just gone. Yeah. And the shadow in the soil of the coffin will have masked 
whatever else mm, was going mm, on inside mm. there. For, you know, knives, for pins holding cloaks shut or for anything like that. Mm. Gone. Liar suggests, you know, I don't know, musician or somebody who, for whom music was important. Yeah. But, um, but that's going to be just about everybody, I would have thought. Yeah, you know. but you've only got certain occupations that have got time to learn how to play a music, musical instrument. Yeah. And how to learn to play strategy games and how to, you know, have dice time though, wasn't it? feasting. And they've got gaming pieces as well as oh, okay. dice. All right. Um, so, yeah, they've got some stuff and it's very rich and it's very shiny. And I would encourage you to go and have a look for yourself because the pictures are rather lovely. Hmm. So, lovely listeners, we're going to leave you with those deep thoughts and some hopefully some lovely, lovely pictures. We're going to talk to you all next time. So if you want to find us online, come and talk to us there. My name's Suzanne Martin. You can find me on Facebook under that name. You can also find me on Twitter at Geetha in Jeans. And if you want to find me for any reason, um, you can uh, find me on Facebook as Kate Coldwind. Um, we also have a, a page on there. Um, if you just go to fb.com slash frithcastpod, you can find that. And from there, you'll find our little Facebook group uh, and a link to our Discord server, which is our virtual, virtual campfire. Yeah. Where you would be more than welcome to come and join us. Um, As and, we hang uh, out and talk Just, just hang out and stuff. chat, yeah. Yeah, and there is, if you're really interested in delving into this stuff a little bit more, there is a channel on our Discord server. We have a little death cafe on there. If you do want to talk about death and dying, about traditions in burial, about maybe the things that you'd want, there is space, uh, is safe space for you to be able to come and do that. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we will see you there. Yeah, and if not, lovely listeners, we won't see you around the internet. And hopefully you will, we will catch you all for the next episode, which is 141. We'll see you then. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.